Uh, guess what's here? The Numb and Dumb shirt. I'm so excited for it. I can't wait to get my Numb and Dumb shirt. If you want one too, go to birdbirdbird.com and click the shop tab and get yourself a Numb and Dumb shirt and let's pour a glass of wine, watch some Numb 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 TV, and Dumb 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 it up. Okay, special guest today, our friend Lacey. She's come in again and talked to me about, I don't even know what we talked about. We talked for like an hour and a half, but it was about kind of everything. A little bit of religion, a little bit of all the jobs she's had, living in New York City. Um, I don't know. It's just a hang. I like my hang podcast because I never know what we're going to talk about. And it's always so fun. And this is kind of really how we hang. Sometimes we're a little rowdier. This is not so rowdy. But sometimes if there's alcohol and uh, Seely Dan, it's a little rowdier. But, but anyway, it was a really fun conversation. She is such a lovely amazing, dynamic, unique, grounded human being that I think if you don't have a Lacey, you should find one. Everyone needs at least one in their life. So thank you for coming back every week. Thank you for uh, the emails, the the book club suggestion, the comments, even the negative comments. I, I you know, I read those too. So thank you for for all that you do to make me feel like I'm doing a good job, maybe. I really like my podcast, and I'm glad that you like it too. So please feel free to share it if you know someone who you think would like it as well. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode with me and my friend Lacey. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. It's fun. Sometimes, usually I don't. I'm just like, whatever. I'll just get ready five minutes before something. Mm-hmm. And Tony was like, you should go get your hair done. Yeah. You should like prepare yourself. And I was like, okay. Okay. Good okay, call. great. Good yeah. Call. I'll do that. Maybe Good so. Call. Maybe so. Good call. It's kind of fun. And you can work while you, while they work while on While they're hair. doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's real quick. Is that what you did? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can like computer. But are you working? You're not working much. I'm working you? on like caveman stuff. And then I moonlight as a consultant for CPG companies looking for like what is a CPG consumer packaged goods okay like this okay um so the company that I moonlight for is called Sherpa which was created by a guy that actually interned for me back in the day no yeah and he's he got his MBA while he was interning and he did the first caveman project to help us get a commercialized co-packer instead of doing a mom and pop we used to have like a a micro brew mobile canning line come in to the coffee roasters warehouse and they would we would brew the coffee and then they would put it like with big beer things and then they would uh do like a mobile canning line there oh, okay 
which is which is fine within a state, but you can't ship over state lines that way, or you shouldn't. Oh, really? It's not like certified. They're not, they don't have enough certifications, and if you also that way, we had to do it one hundred percent cold chain, which means we had to keep it cold the whole time. Oh, so that it wasn't a listeria or botulism uh, risk. Nothing much, yeah. just botulism. Just federal prison or murdering people <laughs> is no problem. I mean, whatever. It's just it's coffee. fine. That's what I thought, actually. the first, When we first started it, we started doing cold brew. None of us knew what we were talking about. Yeah. Even our roaster was just like, oh, we just invented this like new way of doing this. And I remember we shipped kegs to my friend that was doing a Halo. I think it was Halo uh, like national gaming competition. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have cold brew on tap. So I sent it to them, but we just sent it like regular ambient. Luckily within three days it got there and it was consumed. Mm-hmm. But about three weeks later, I went to the SEAA coffee convention and sat in a cold brew panel where they like stood up and they were like, whatever you do. Cause a lot of people make their own cold brew at, in their like, um, you know, actual retail location. Mm-hmm. But they were like, whatever you do, don't ship it and keep it cold because you could poison it and kill everyone. It's a low acid product and there hasn't been an FDA approved process and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, um, do you still have that cake? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> like, it takes about seven days for the bacteria to grow and poison people. So, I mean, in a keg, it was fine because it wasn't being exposed to air. Uh huh. But once you tap that keg, there's... You got to you gotta yeah. use it. So then if I had coffee for my brunch on Saturday and I'm still drinking it today, do I have botulism? <laughs> Is it, was it hot brew? It was the hot yeah, brew? it was hot. No. So because, I mean, it it's could get other brew. things because air could touch it. Because it was hot brewed, that takes the acid level down oh. to be, not be. There's certain pH levels mm-hmm. that make something a risk factor mm. for uh, foodborne illness. Um, and then that's why hot coffee isn't really an issue. And a right. lot of shipped cold brews are actually hot brews that are flash, uh-huh. flash brewed hot and then put in a can and then you put it in a refrigerator to make it cold. But yeah. it's not a traditional cold brew. It's not a cold brew. Yeah, I got it. It's a fake you make believe. Exactly. So through that, uh, my David, who now owns Sherpa, uh, helped us figure out a co-packer to repeat our process and do a commercialization so that we had FDA approval for our process. We could ship over state lines and it could be shelf stable. And so then he launched a company uh, helping other brands do that. Oh, cool. And it's like big and small. Everyone from like a, you know, Fortune 500 companies to startups. And someone will come in and say, I want to make grain-free crackers with, you know, some weird chickpea flour and I want to do it in this special baking process and then we try to find someone that matches that or we tell them you're crazy there's no way you can make that a like large scale process yeah wow yeah that's crazy i started doing that during covid when there wasn't a lot going on Mm -hmm. and so now i just moonlight there how many jobs have you had too many jobs oh have i had yeah a lot of jobs (laughs) it's a lot of different types of hats yeah but would you say they're all at the root problem solving yeah absolutely Yeah, yeah, yeah They're all production of some kind. I mean, training's not really production, but you are producing a I think it is. thing. You're coming up with a plan to get yeah. from A to B. and You're producing a result. Dealing with that. Yeah. 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 So you have to have a plan and then execute the plan to and produce. 
change it as the it changes. Biceps. Get the biceps. Get the biceps. Every time Bert does curls, I'm like, these are for Leanne. You were like, I just really like biceps, Lacey. I was like, I do. No I do. I'm a bicep girl. <laughs> so what's your favorite uh, hat to wear? I mean, I think it, all of them are fun. Yeah. You know, obviously training's probably the funnest because mm-hmm. you get uh, positive feedback almost all the time. Not all the time. Uh, sometimes people have to go through some pain to get there. <laughs> but that's usually, I would say, the easiest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see a result. Mm-hmm. But every project feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get it to the end, when you figure out the problems, when you do different things. Mm-hmm. Uh I think there's a reward in that that I really like. And I like things to be project based mm-hmm. when it's ongoing and ongoing. It can get a little monotonous. Yep. I'm a project based person, yeah. too. I yeah. completely understand. Yeah. Not a nine to fiver. Right. Nothing wrong with nine to fivers. It's just not my jam. Yep. Even when I worked them, I would be at a certain point. I would go, OK, I've reached my limit. Yeah. It's like. And yeah, it's I did. A, I worked for a couple agencies before and it would just be like. Plug in this, plug in the thing, talk to the client, figure out the and, and that's still like creating ads, but it's it was the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Not that exciting. You don't learn a lot that way. Right. You like to learn. Like to learn and be challenged. Yeah. Be a little scared. And yeah. a little scared? There's something about that anxiety that gets me going. Gives you some adrenaline. Yeah. 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 And I think that if you can harness that in a positive way, it's also really rewarding. It is really rewarding. I feel that way about mental health. Yeah. Um, I feel like when I started figuring out that um, diving into your problems mm. could give you as much adrenaline as running from them. Right. And then if the, when you're done with it, you have changed something. You feel good about it. And you feel good. That's a hard lesson to learn. I, I think it is. Um, it is and it isn't. I think I learned it. I learned that lesson when I was young, when I was like 24, mm-hmm. which is pretty young. Yeah, that's really young. And so I think I learned that pretty young, but I'm an immersive learner. Okay. <laughs> I think I just immersed myself in yeah. trying to get feel better. Right. And so I had really rough, nasty, terrible, terrifying moments of right. dealing with my mental health. And then when I got through it, I was like, oh, that actually is not so scary. It actually makes me feel really good. Right. So let's just keep doing that. Then you can be kind of addicted to that too, right? It's like. Yeah, you can. Cool. Let, what's the next thing and how can I yeah. improve myself in different ways? But that's a positive. Yes, positive. Yeah. How do I keep peeling the layer, peel the layer, peel the layer. And then once you think you're at the bottom, a whole new set of layers come out. You peel, peel, peel. Never stops. If right. you can keep in mind that that process never stops, the process of learning and growing never stops. Then you can get excited about. The process. Yeah. Well, your life changes. So as the variables change, either the same problems keep coming up. Yeah. I think Oprah talks about getting hit in the face with the two by four. Like little issues can come up and it'll be like knocking at the door, knocking at the door. You can ignore it. Knocking at the door pretty soon. Here comes a two by four. Whammo. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, rock bottom. I have to deal with something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to get to that. Right. You yeah. want to do it before. Yeah. And it's not so bad. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been there with anything, but I know people that have. I have. I was definitely there with drinking and my really? health. Yeah. Because yeah. I had lost my hair. My liver was enlarged. Mm. And I think I was like, okay. What I, was the I tipping point? Like, what was the thing that you said, this is the moment? Um, I, I don't, 
I, there was a, I was driving home from my dad's house. This is the, so cheesy, but this was the moment, really. Desperado came on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I really Desperado. listened to the lyric. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences. You have one foot on one side of everything, never committing to anything. Every word of that song yeah. was exactly what was wrong. Speaking directly yeah. to you. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I was like, I got to I gotta make a change. Mm. And that's when I decided to move to New York. I was like, I got to get out of this environment. I'm never going to get better. I was 20. Okay. Uh I moved to New York when I was 23, so I had to be older than 20. But that's, I stopped drinking when I was 21. So I must right. have been 21. Right. Um, you stopped on your own or did you go to a program? Oh, no, I stopped on my own. I did what I should not have done, what the, what they say not to do. Right. I did it. And I don't know if I really was an alcoholic who fixed herself right. or if I just was not. But I drank Enough that my liver wasn't large and my hair right. fell out. Right. So, um, but what I figured out was um, that drinking really wasn't my problem. My problem was my it was mental health, right. was emotional. You were masking it. Yeah. And I figured that out. And I was like, well, the root of the problem is not alcohol. The root right. of the problem is what I'm trying not to feel. Right. So if I go to therapy and figure out what it is I'm trying not to feel, then I don't really want to drink anymore. Right. In theory, wouldn't that right. work? That's what my brain thought right. in theory. Right. So I was like, well, let's try it. I'm just not going to drink. I'm just going to start going to therapy. Yeah. And so that was when I was 21, but I didn't start therapy till I was 23. I stopped drinking at 21 totally. Yeah. Cold turkey still continued in like the same cyclical three month relationship, yeah. you know, super in love. Definitely. This is the guy three right. months later. See ya next. Next. Yeah. Can't do it. Got to go changing jobs every three months. Couldn't, couldn't. I was a dry drunk. Yeah. That's what you see. I was doing the same thing. Sure. I was looking for adrenaline. Yeah. Um, from a different place. Right. So, um, but I had started a, a bit of um, healing in that I started reading self-help books mm -hmm. and I started uh, going to a massage therapist and a Reiki guy. Nice. And I started like, that's where it started. Yeah. It didn't start with therapy. It started with taking care of yourself, trying to right. um, fix my headaches. I had these terrible headaches and I was trying to fix them with massage and, um, so I started doing that and just reading a lot and reading all these self-help books. And then when I moved to New York and I started really watching my, uh, kind of from the outside, watching my relationship with my mom. And I was like, I may need some therapy. This right. is not healthy. Right. And that's when I got into therapy. And I think that's when I really started to heal. Right. Because really, honestly, you can't do a lot of that stuff alone. It's like working out without a trainer. Right. You can only get so far unless you have the knowledge, the experience. And it's hard to look at yourself and do that for yourself. Or but, even know when you should be pushing yourself harder yeah. or lighter. Yeah. We're all quite arrogant as creatures sure. because we think we can do it all. And right. it's absolutely not not true. It's right. not true. Right. If we could, we'd all be super happy, well-balanced, completely physically fit, highly nutritionally eating human beings. And we're not. We're we have all the tools and all the information. Totally. But we always think we know better. We don't. Yeah. So. What do I feel like? Yeah. And 
what do I not want to feel? And how could you possibly know? How could you, how could I have at 23 been able to unravel all the stuff I'd been medicating right. for uh, 23 years of life? Well, and you can't see your blind spots. You no. have to have them pointed out to you or mm-hmm. uh, get to them by talking it out with somebody that knows how to pull that out of you. It's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I sat down the first day. I'll never forget this. I went to a place where you had to pay on a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. So I made no money. I was living in New York. I was super broke. Sure. So they placed me with this guy, who uh, Dr. Bob. He wore sock ties. He was the cutest <laughs> thing ever. What's a sock tie? You don't know what a sock tie is? No. Oh my God, you should look it up. It's pretty, it's pretty 80s. Sock tie. Although I was in the 90s, he was still in the 80s sock tie. Yeah. Okay. So a sock tie is like a tie. It's well, not I'll actually made out of sock, but it is made out of like sock material and it's kind of okay. woven. It was a big Ralph Lauren thing for okay. a while. A sock tie. You'll okay, see it. I see, go, I see. You see what I mean? Well, actually, this this image is the first thing that came up with a guy wearing a sock. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. I see what you mean. Yes. It's this kind of okay. thinner. Yep. Interesting. Kind of knitted. Interesting. Yeah. He wore sock ties every day. <laughs> Love Dr. Bob. But um, first day I sat down with him, I was like, my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom. And he goes, what about your dad? And I go, my dad's perfect. He went, let's start with your dad. Oh, no. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, nothing wrong with my dad. Listen, Bob. There's nothing wrong. Right. But that's the blind spot you're sure. talking about. Sure. I had no idea I had stuff going on with my dad. Yeah. Um, and that first day I went, I'm fucked. Right. Like he's got me. He's, he knows somehow he knows. Yeah. Yeah. So that fear you're talking about, I had that first day and I was like, okay, we're going to do it. Let's, let's do it. But you dove into it. I did. Well, the Reiki master told me, he was like, if you start walking this path, you can't go back. So you need to choose right now. Are you going to walk it or are you going to stay here? Your choice. You don't have to walk it. If you walk it, it's going to be hard. You're going to lose friends. Your life's going to change. You're going to be lost and sad and confused for a little bit. Mm. But the alternative is you stay here. Right. You feel all those same things in the same spot. With no forward motion. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take the path. Yeah. And he's like, okay, get ready. She can't go back. Yeah. That's a pretty big adventure to do, especially in New York. Well, the Reiki stuff started in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the. Because New York can be very unhealing. <laughs> it can just be a smack in the face. It was. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I think um, I think New York uh, made me grow up really fast. Yeah, you have to. And it was a very sad time in my life. Mm-hmm. And New York fits well with sad. Sure. Yeah. You know, sad fine is all kind of sad in New yeah. York City. There's yeah. great stuff, too. But it's an interesting feeling. I was there a same time, similar time in my life, early 20s, super broke, trying to figure it out. And the energy that's happening outside is so high. Mm-hmm. And you're try- or I was trying to match it all the time, mm-hmm. which was cool. Sometimes it worked out, but it was also such a beat down because you it's hard to get ahead. There's you know, you don't have time to necessarily figure things out because you have to keep going. Yeah. To survive and everyone's always going always Uh, and I found it like in hindsight I mean I love that energy especially at that time but in hindsight looking back it was very overwhelming yeah I'm not sure I slept like a full night (laughs) for the two years that I lived there (laughs) that's funny yeah I lived there four years I know that when I first got there I was just so very lost as a human being 
this lovely group of women, um, young women my age, kind of took a liking to me, and I did not understand why. I was like, I don't understand why you like How'd me. you meet them? I don't remember. Um, but they were people who went to the Hamptons in the summer and wore high heels with their bikinis. Sure. And they, I was like. They knew what New York was. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why you like me. And I don't know why I'm here. But they would continue to invite me. They were gracious and nice and awesome. kind, but very foreign to me. And I felt very, very out of place. Sure. So I drifted away from them. But I think I had an opportunity to make friends. That, and I just didn't have the skill set. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. really didn't have the skill set. Sure. Um, so they'd talk about stuff and I'd go, I have no idea what they were talking about. It's a whole about. other world. No, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but they were lovely people. I don't sure. even remember their name. I wish I could. None, none of them. you knew Leanne in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and and you wore call. high heels with your bikini <laughs> in the Hamptons. If you were in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> right. They'd take me out to bars and stuff. And I was, I'd be like a wallflower. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't ready. Yeah. I just didn't know who it was. Sure. I was super lost, but. I luckily had a friend from home, Cliff, who just let me tag along everywhere we went and I had so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. He would lie to me and say things like we'd be riding the subway and he'd be like, this is a financial district. This is whatever. Like, tell me some truth stuff. And then he'd be like, this is the hat district because there were like (laughs) hats on the side of the wall. And I'd be like, "Okay." And then weeks later, we'd both be with another friend from out of town. I'd be like, this is the hat district. And he'd be like, you idiot. (laughs) I'd be like, what do you mean? (laughs) I've been telling everybody that. (laughs) He's like, no. (laughs) So why did you move to New York? I always wanted to live in New York. Yeah. From a young age. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. Just something about the big city attracted me. To, like I, I wanted to live in New York and London. My dad uh, made it and my mom too made a big point in road trips when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So we drove the Chrysler minivan with the wood grain on the side <laughs> to like 35 states, quite a few states. Wow. Um, and then when I was in high school, my dad got a big uh, international job mm-hmm. and went from working from like the state government was very small potatoes to this international company out of India. Mm. And that let him travel international a lot. And then he took me on a lot of trips and would just turn me loose. Like he would go to New York to have meetings and be like, meet me back here at five. Mm. So there I was 15 years old, just taking in the city. Um, and I loved it. And I think, I think growing up, and now when I look at it, you say, oh, yeah, all the people that make movies and make television live in New York or L.A. So you just mm-hmm. see that all the time. Mm-hmm. So it seems magical. So is that what you wanted to do when you moved to New York? Yeah, I just well, I wanted to live there and I wanted to do whatever it was that I could do to live there. Uh-huh. Working in entertainment happened. I went to UNLV and worked uh, for Viacom back in the day when they would do summer beach houses for MTV. They did summer on the strip. I remember. Yeah. And I worked on that for for free back when you could intern for free uh there were any labor laws and because I did that I was like well I knew a couple people in New York and I went out there with a suitcase and my friend had an apartment he was like you can stay on the couch and uh I just went around and and interviewed and then one of the bosses from one of those shows was hiring uh for a show on Comedy Central actually um Stand Up Nation with Greg Giraldo Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Greg and he somehow put me as the audience and fan club coordinator ahead of like my male counterparts that had a lot more experience, but I don't know. I still don't know why he did that. They were so mad at me. Um, and then that was the greatest job because I got to go to comedy clubs at night with all the, with like Colin Quinn and Greg Geraldo and sit in the audience 
or have dinner with them. And then as people were coming and coming out, be like, hey, you want to come to this Comedy Central TV show recording at 10 a.m. tomorrow at 57th and 8th or whatever and get tourists to come that were fans Mm -hmm. of whoever the guest was going to be the next day. That's very cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Very savvy way of getting audience members. It was like pre-social media pretty much. I think Facebook had just come out and um, we would get I would we would print out little tickets that we would give them, which were just like I made them at you know, Kinko's or something. Yeah. Give them a ticket. And then I would get on a spreadsheet and write their name down with their phone number and an email if they had it. And then I would call them in the morning and be like, just a reminder, got to get here. And then, of course, we, you'd always assume 50 percent of the people won't show up. So then I would run down to. um, uh, Oh, gosh, who's uh, it was the Colbert Report was down the street and they had their audience check in slightly earlier than our audience Uh and they were a lot more famous at the time so I would run down there and wait at the end of the line for anyone that wasn't getting in or they or even worse they would take a group in I'd be like anybody else want to come to this other show and like name out the hosts and a bunch of people would bail and I'd be like run with me and we'd run down the street and up the other street so we got a call from their audience coordinator like please stop stealing our audience oh my god (laughs) oops we would do it anyways yeah that's pretty savvy yeah and there would be tourists like running with me down the street, down 57th <laughs> to How go funny. to these other shows. Where did you yeah. live when you lived in? I lived on 106 in Amsterdam, which okay. was a really cute uh, Morningside Heights, I think it's called. I think you're right. Right below Columbia, right next to the park, uh, a couple blocks from the park. There was a little waterfall in the park right there and all kinds of wildlife and mm-hmm. it was super fun. Six floor walk up. No, exactly what you're talking about. I'm still friends with my landlady on Facebook, and she really? we like give each other probably every six months a little update. Like, how are you doing? That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I lived at 110th. Yep. In Riverside, West Side, West Side, West Side. That's really Westside? close. Yeah, that's West Side. Riverside's on the west. Yeah, Riverside. Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying West Side's the name of the street. I was like, no, oh, yeah, I think no, no. it's Riverside. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was right same neighborhood. Yeah, that's one one stop up. Yep. Yep. One stop up. I yep. lived there for six months and then I lived at 80th in Amsterdam for the most. That's a really good neighborhood. That's fun. It was awesome. Some of the best bagel places are H and H. H and H. There's another one on 108, I think, in Broadway. I remember waiting in line. I didn't eat bagels up there. I was super poor. Yeah. I ate spaghetti from La Familia. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I ordered Long that all life. the time. La Familia. Um, uh, that was a, yeah, New York's an interesting, interesting place. Yeah. What do you think you learned from being there? Um, I think you learn how to be savvy. Mm-hmm. I think you learn how to obviously dealing with a bunch of people uh, is a thing, something that really stood out to me when I got there. I, I come from New Mexico, which is a very uh, intense culture. There's a lot of, you know, just natural like violence in the culture. There's a lot of fighting. Um so I grew up in that. And when in, in New Mexico, if you make eye contact with someone and stare at them, you're mad dogging them, mm. inviting them to have a fight. Mm. And so I didn't realize that, that that wasn't true everywhere. And so I was on the subway with my friend Cliff, the guy that was telling me about the hat district. And I was I didn't notice it, but I was uncomfortable looking around. And he was like, hey, you can make eye contact with people. And I was like, what? And he's like, nobody's going to fight you here. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like. I didn't realize that either until I came here, but it's not a threat to make eye contact with somebody here. And so that was a real window for me into seeing, oh, okay, maybe some of the stuff that I grew up with isn't normal everywhere. Right. And 
that's an interesting thing to look at. And I think that was one of the first things I learned as a young adult that maybe I need to address some of the things that I grew up with that aren't serving me right. in real life. Because in New York, you don't have the choice but to look somebody in the eyes that's right in front of you yeah, on the right? subway sometimes. What a good friend. Yeah. You still talk to Cliff? I still talk to Cliff. You did? Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to have somebody to he's, help you out. He's really, yeah. He's been a, he made a huge impact on my life. And yeah. And showed me around there. And yeah, many other things from New York. But Cliff really noticed that. He had been there, I think, for five years before that. And so. He was a pro. He was like, come on, little young. He, Cliff also, when I, he was older than me, when I was in seventh grade, he was friends with my best friend's older sister and they used to lock us in the closet. So. Oh, nice. And do like, like, I can't remember what they would like spray in there, but like silly spray and some sort of weird gas <laughs> lock us in the closet. Like body spray? Yeah. Like axe like body axe spray? or something yeah. horrible. Oh, and they would just torture us. Oh my yeah, God. For hours. Yeah. So I didn't like Cliff when I was growing up, but Aww. yeah. He matured. He got better. He matured. He taught me about the hat district and not <laughs> giving evil eyes on the subway. <laughs> Is he still there? He, him and his wife, Meg, have have bought, they have a place in the city, um, but they bought a really cool old um, maple farm upstate New York. Wow. And they've renovated the house themselves. And now he was just posting pictures of the barn. He works, I don't know if it's still, I don't know if he still does, but he was working for like Vice. He's a content guy online. And he also loves to do the antique sale. So he like features himself every week. He goes to antique barns and like uh, rummage sales and things like that and picks things out. Or even when he's back in New Mexico, we'll buy things. And then he has a table at another antique collector place on the weekends. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Anything in particular he collects? He just all kinds of, he just has an eye. Huh. Yeah. And he's always been that guy that's like, cool that thing's like, cool no yeah everything he does is cool everything yeah. he touches is cool got it yeah hate yeah. people like that. i know <laughs> hate that we hired him at one of the marketing agencies i was at because he knew how to we it was a gorilla marketing agency so it was before you would get sued for doing things without permits um and you would get a lot of attention you know the goal was to get go viral so we would do all kinds of weird horrible things um one of which was chalk spray paint on the New York city streets, like on the sidewalk, whatever the advertisement was. And he was really into tagging and things like that. And so we would always, our brand ambassadors, we would hire to do this or us would get arrested or ticketed or whatever. So it was always a problem. So he was like, no, you just get a grocery bag, do the stencil in the bottom of the bag. You have the paint in the bag. So no one can see what you're doing. And it just looks like you're bending over, like reaching into your bag while you're like destroying the city sidewalk. Oh my God. And it was chalk. I think chalk paint. Hopefully it was chalk paint. <laughs> and then you walk on. And uh, he was like, yeah, that's how you should do it. And I was like, do you want to come do that with us? And he did that and all kinds of other crazy harebrained schemes that we pulled off. I know, you know, I'm a huge fan of HelloFresh, but I just learned something I did not know, which is really cool. First of all, before I say this, HelloFresh is a meal delivery kit service where you can have um, meals ready to be prepared, delivered to your door. They are fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week. They have 30 dinner recipes to choose from a week. 30 different recipes you can choose from a week. That's insane. This is what I was like wow about. Going away this summer, 
Update your delivery address and HelloFresh will go to your vacation destination with just one click. Are you kidding me? If you're going to an Airbnb, you can just change your HelloFresh to be delivered to that Airbnb. And now you have two or three or however many meals you've bought already there. That blows my mind. I think that's amazing. I am totally doing that this summer. That is amazing. There are foolproof step-by-step recipes, which means joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Okay, so my house, this is how we use HelloFresh. Um, I have a refrigerator that has a drawer in it. So that one drawer is only HelloFresh ingredients. So if my kids want to cook dinner, they go in that drawer, they pull out all the ingredients and the recipe card, and they make dinner all by themselves. No help from me. Uh, they don't need it. You know, we've been cooking with HelloFresh for years. My kids love it. They try new things, things that we would never cook on our own. Come to our door fresh from the farm with HelloFresh. And it's just, it's just been the most fun thing to do with my kids is cook HelloFresh. So anyway, go to HelloFresh.com slash wife16. Use the code wife16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's right. HelloFresh.com slash wife16. Use the code wife16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's America's number one meal kit. And I think there's a reason for that because it's amazing. This episode is brought to you by They're Back. Manscaped is back. I love Manscaped. You know, I just shaved using their uh, crop gel. I freaking love the smell of that stuff. I love it because it, I don't know, it does, it just smells good. I love it. But Father's Day's here and you, I'm sure, have a brother, an uncle, a nephew, a dad, a granddad that could use a really cool gift. You can find their signature lawnmower 4.0 in the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 for the perfect bundle to tack any and all, quote, old man hair from head to toe. This is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WOTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WOTP. He'll be shaking the gifts his mama gave him. Because <laughs> I'll be nice and smooth. How's your coffee company doing? Are you happy? It's doing, I mean, it's been a struggle the last couple of years, it has. honestly. 2020 was the best year ever, right? People started shopping online like crazy. They stopped going to Amazon. They started coming to our website. And then 2021 and 2020, well, we're in 2022, but 2021, all of the short-term lenders that we used went under, like stopped lending or totally went out of business, like oh, wow. without a warning. <laughs> so there was one that has recently been purchased by Amex and they've been saying that they're coming back for since 2021. Uh, so who knows if they're coming back, but I specifically paid them off. I think we had 70,000 in revolving credit that we had worked up to with them. And uh, I paid them off so we could take a big pull to do a huge production run on cold brew. And the next day they announced that they were no longer lending. Oh my God. And that was rough. So we had that Amazon lost an entire truckload of our project product. What? 
There's no recourse. How did that happen? What do you mean there's no recourse? So there really is no recourse. Like they like you just lost that money. Yeah, basically. They they've How been they slowly sending it back to us as they find it one box at a time to a warehouse that we don't even have anymore. So, yeah, they'll they're a big guy. And uh, they what happened during the pandemic? And I don't necessarily, you know, I, everybody had challenges. Uh, but I think at one point they encouraged everybody to ship in as much product as possible because they were like not able. There was a huge backlog. And so it was taking instead of three days to get your product checked in at least a month, sometimes nine, uh, 90 days, which wow. is crazy if you have an expirable product. Mm-hmm. So they even cut off a lot of brands that weren't consumer um, food brands, right? Or like household cleaning brands. They you couldn't If you had t-shirts, you couldn't send them anymore because they were just maxed out and the demand became so big. And so I think what happened, and this is totally me making up what I think happened and randomly talking to some project managers there, but you know, they had to take on a bunch of warehouses real quick that weren't ready. Mm. And they ended up shipping a bunch of overstock to these places and they weren't properly logged. Uh. So it is coming back has some of it has been found. It's expired by like 18 months or whatever. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a nightmare. So like just business challenges like that, mm-hmm. that um, made it very difficult this last year. And then, it, well, the third whammy was just not being able to get uh, supply chain stuff. So it's like coffee we could get, but it, it shot up. It's a commodity. So commodities prices went up. Um, it went up almost a dollar um, on some beans, which is a huge amount when you're talking about, you know, a couple bucks. It's like 40 percent increase in price wow. or something. And then um, the printed bags were coming in. You know, all the ships were stuck off port. So you couldn't get your bags in unless you air freighted them, which was super expensive. Um, Cans, like all those things became huge issues. Then there were massive COVID outbreaks at the manufacturers. So that pushed a lot of things back. Yeah. A lot of people stopped working in warehouses. We had a walkout at our um, 3PL shipping warehouse because they had an outbreak. Yeah. It was just like, whoa, what's happening? Wow. So we dialed back almost all marketing for the last, it's probably been year uh, without besides like our email, like a couple of things, mm-hmm. uh, because we didn't want to we were on such a trajectory that we weren't able to fulfill our customers that have been with us for a long time and our subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bring on new customers and have them have a bad experience. Right. So we basically like have just been like treading water, providing to our consistent consumer base. Uh-huh. And now we're things have opened up again like we have supply chain we have all the stuff and we don't have short-term lending but we've got enough to like get it going and i think that stuff is going to start to come back but man it's been a business doozy sounds like it yeah so uh to answer your question i'm not happy but we are alive still which is good yeah and we're gonna we have a huge production run that just finished so that's great and it seems like the that our supply chain is fairly stable right now. That's good. Knock on wood. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We should um, um we should put your stuff in our fully loaded um swag. Yeah, bags. let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. We'll send a bunch of cat get everyone caffeinated. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I've been working on those swag bags. I'm very, very frustrated with Yeti. Why? Frustrated with Yeti. Listen, Yeti, Yeti. I'm frustrated with you. Yeti, there is no greater group for you to partner with. <laughs> They've been trying to partner with us for a while. And then um, and then I had a hard time getting 
the person who had been reaching out on the phone. Mm. When I finally got them over the phone, it took me a long time. We had run out of time to get anything personalized. Right. And right. I was like, anything we can do. Come on. It's a pretty big lead time on. with them, isn't it? I yeah, think I've like gone six, down that road six with Six weeks them. Right. and uh, immovable. Right. And I was like, come on, please, right. please. Nope. Can you get, so. like some of their products, you can get your own engraver thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I'll just ask. I feel like that. I've seen. I, I think, I think Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> um, I'll correct myself if I'm wrong, but the UFC fighter Cowboy Cerrone has his own engraving machine that he got, no and he way. just does his own stuff on Yeti products. Yeah, I'll ask him about it and find out how he did it. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, Cowboy. If you're listening out there, I I don't give think he's listening to the wife of the party. I bet you, if his name's Cowboy that would Cerrone, be probably not. Amazing. All right. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll I'll ask him. Totally. I would love to know because we're we're give we're giving not to spoiler alert to anybody, but we I bought some tumblers, cool. obviously. Yeah. And um a soft cooler. Cool. And they he was like, Those Normally cool. we can personalize everything, but this right. lead time like, Well, if you'd answered my phone call when I started calling you Six like weeks in March, <laughs> right. We would have been okay. But right. I mean, I emailed this one guy like four times in one week and called and left messages and just never right. heard back. So yeah. Yeah, that's I was, frustrating. I was super frustrated, but what are you going to do? That is frustrating. What are you going to do? Uh, you're going to call them 16 weeks earlier next time or. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was waiting yeah. on the logo. Or get your own engraver. I was and waiting then on you'll art. you'll be producing that yourself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was waiting on art. I was, it wasn't me. Yeah. I was waiting on art. And then once I got the art, I couldn't get the guy. Right. So. Sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> Yeah. Not meant to be, but I am frustrated by it. That is frustrating. I got a, I have a phone call on Wednesday to really kind of build the whole swag bag. My theory is if you take care of talent, yeah. like to the nth degree, yeah. then you can build something Yeah, because they'll go in the industry and talk about this amazing thing and they'll come back. That's right. And they'll promote it. That's right. And they want it to be successful. That's right. Yeah. If you make it really fun and undeniable to them, yeah, then they'll do it again. Will Fully Loaded be a yearly thing? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Bert wants it to be a summer f- comedy festival. Cool. So this we this year's the first year, um, and it's only two weekends, two four date weekends, um, in eight different cities. But next year he'd like it to be four. Yeah. And the next week year maybe six, and then eight. Yeah. And then the whole summer like Memorial Day to Labor Day. It's cool. That's kind of what he's going for. That's really cool. Um, it is really cool. It's he's such a, uh. He's such a prolific thinker. Yeah. You know, he's a really um, visionary, that guy. Yeah. Um, And he has no fear about failure. Right. Which is really impressive. He just goes, well, let's just do it. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. And he does figure it out. He does. Yeah. Sometimes it's really frustrating. (laughs) Sometimes he'll go, I need you to figure it out and I need it by 4 p.m. Right now. And you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I my I I guess I do work that way, but I don't like to work that right, way. Like right. I like to have a minute. Yeah, let me think about it for yeah. a second. How about tomorrow at four? Right, right. Give me right. one day to get to really do the job well. And <laughs> right. I feel like much with this Yeti, right. we were waiting on art, so it made me not able to do my job well. Right, and that right. I don't like. Yeah, um, that would be my one complaint is yeah. that 
is that he's a now, 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 now. And sometimes you just need six weeks. Sometimes you need time to hit deadlines because yeah. other people have deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Yeti says six weeks and yeah. you can suck it. If you yeah. don't like it, and and I'm like, it. ah, I'm sorry. I don't want to suck it. I wanted to have the art. I'd been trying to get the art forever. He's just sometimes he's so immediate. Right. That it's hard to get him to think. Focus on this one thing. We need the logo first, right? Yeah, like yeah. we can't move forward with anything without the logo. So as much as you hate figuring out art, you kind of need to, right? Kind of. And sometimes that takes a long time. It does very much at the discretion of the designer and what yes. else they got going on. And yeah, it's hard. How much you like it? It's super hard. Yeah, I forgot you did marketing, branding type stuff. Oh yeah, I'm actually doing a event. While fully loaded will be going on, I'll be doing a Amazon. Miss Maisel event. Oh, Miss Maisel. Yeah, which will be fun. Wait, I like event show. planning? Yeah, like a live oh God, how consumer How many jobs event. do you have? Well, my f- friend, I mean, I, I actually got out of my event production business mm-hmm. um, this last year. I was like, I'm not putting energy into it. I feel actually so much shame and guilt that I'm not working on it. And I actually don't have time. It doesn't like align with this other stuff. And if I do that, it'll take me out of this, which I, I did before. I had it for five years. We had it going. Wow. It's still going. Uh, but obviously the pandemic was rough on event production. And we mostly did or they do branding events for um, major brands that uh, work with a variety, like three or four big agencies. Um, and so some a lot of those people I've worked with are still out there doing that or starting to do that again. We're seeing it. Actually, I saw like so many activations last week in L.A. I was like, oh, no, this is like the saturation of everyone's idea that has been on hold for two years just exploding. (laughs) There were four events at the that little the is it the Woodman Lodge or the Sportsman's Lodge? Sportsman's Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many things going on at the same time. I was like, well, they've overbooked this, but glad to see things happening again. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my friend called and said, hey, are you free this weekend? Turns out I was. And. Will you help me do this? And awesome. Yeah. I'm not involved in a lot of the planning part. So that's it's not that much time. It's just showing up and making sure the things open, technology works. Right. Nobody catches on fire, things like right. that. Right. <laughs> shit gets done. Right. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Boots exactly. on the ground. Exactly. Um, I had a question. Now I forgot what it was. Um, oh, Antonia. Yeah. How did you meet her? So Antonia and I both. Uh, worked out at a gym called Deuce. We still work out there sometimes. Um, and I met her actually because something happened where she she lives next door, first of all, to Deuce. For whatever reason, like something happened with her shirt at Deuce. Tate had caveman shirts and he gave her the shirt, but it wasn't a shirt that was out yet. And I was supposed to photograph it. Oh my God. So I walked into the gym and there was this woman wearing the one shirt that we had of the oh shirt. God. And it was like dirty because she was doing a workout at the like Deuce Garage, which is a fun down and dirty Venice like parking lot gym. And I looked at Tate and I was like, so mad. (laughs) What? Why is what's happening? And he was like, oh, well, she needed a thing. And like, she's a chef on the Food Network. And, you know, it's great for her to have our shirt. And I was like, you're not wrong, but I needed to photograph that shirt. And it was like, yeah, then I couldn't do my job because of the thing. So I was super frustrated. And she immediately saw the look on my face of like why does she have the shirt on and came over and was like hi i'm antonia thank you so you know and like figured it out because she's cool like that yeah uh and then we started doing workouts together whatever we kind of knew each other in passing and at some point our friend Lindsay started doing this coffee club where on tuesday afternoons if you're available 
women only. We're going to do, we're calling it the grown ass women's coffee club. And we're going to go have coffee at this place called Minotti's, which is like a cool Venice coffee shop that has like a secret menu on the wall. If you know about it, you like take a painting off the wall and like find out what the secret menu is. Oh my God. Yeah. Go to Minotti's, take the painting off the wall. It's really cool. Crazy. Uh, The barista that was there at the time uh, nicely was like the world championship barista for like three years running. So it was a real treat to go there. So we go there and then that turned into a podcast at one point with me and Antonia, uh, Lindsay and Deb, which was like 2015, 2016, maybe. Um, And we had a lot of fun. I don't know that it was like the best podcast, uh, but you know, we joked fun. around a lot. We had a fun time. Yeah. We got to know each other and we just became really, really, really good friends. Awesome. Um, and then we started working out together all the time. And then when the pandemic happened, we went from like friends to family because mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, we were all everyone was going through the pandemic. She was like, everyone come to my house. We're going to do a yard workout at the beginning of it. We had like lines marking off six feet from each other. Like it was hilarious. We'd go running outside. Um, she would make dinner for everybody. And we just had an amazing time during the pandemic. And we called our group the coffee spillers because we'd all come over, <laughs> rain or shine with her coffee. Somebody would inevitably spill someone else's coffee <laughs> during the workout every single day. And we just had the best time during quarantine. That's doing, awesome. Yeah. We started poetry, like slam poetry nights. And our friend Lolly had a birthday and she's like, I, I demand that everybody bring a poem for my birthday mm. and I, at first I was like this is so stressful I can't believe like who is this bitch like <laughs> so yeah, stressful. I hate you and then it was <laughs> so much magic because it was so weird what people would come up with then yeah and you got to really like see each other and I remember being so nervous I didn't like speaking in front of people and I would be so nervous I would be like beat red oh my god and then by the end of COVID we were doing like song and dance numbers and yeah that's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. So then I left uh, back to New Mexico and Tom Hayslip called and said, hey, do you want to come out for 12 weeks? She, her daughter had just gone away to Atlanta. So she had a little empty nest going on. And she was like, why don't you stay here for that 12 weeks? And mm-hmm. that 12 weeks turned into nine months, which turned into a year, which I'm still there. <laughs> uh, not forever, but <laughs> still there. We've had so much fun. Yeah. It yeah. seems like you guys have a really good time together. We don't stop laughing, basically. Yeah, seems like it. She's yeah. very fun. She's got some energy. She's, yeah, she's like Bert. She's she like, is. She's actually very similar to Bert. Um, last night, we had our friend Dustin over the chiropractor that Sandy mm-hmm. goes to. And his girl, his girlfriend, they're not married, but like at this point, they've lived together for 15 years. So common law yes. lady. Uh for dinner and somehow we went from eating dinner to cell phone recordings of potential like orbs around Antonia in the house that may or may not be like haunting evidence. What? And I was like, I looked around and I was like, how did we get here? Right. <laughs> she Wait, was like, what are we doing? Orbs? Yeah. So here's this is fun. Um, so, yeah, whether you believe in the supernatural or not, she's owned this house for, I think, 10 years now when she moved in. There was a lot of weird energy around uh-huh. and um, weird things happening. And at, at the same time, like she was going through a really traumatic time in her life. Her daughter's father had just passed away. They bought this house. They all moved in there. Her parents were living there with her, remodeling the house while they lived in it. So like sounds like a stressful time. Yes, <laughs> um, it does. Intense. And this woman, which I don't know how Antonio met her, but she basically was talking to her and she is a medium. And she said... There's a man that used to live there 
his set he says his name is Ernesto. And Ernesto says that you took down his door and he's really upset about it. And it's like a, a pocket door in from the kitchen to the living room. He installed that door for his family, for his wife. And what had happened was she had bought the house from a woman whose husband had passed away, Ernesto. Um, his name was Ernesto. Yeah. Later on, found out it was oh Ernesto. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, the woman had passed away and she, or the father, the husband had passed away and the woman went to go live with her daughter. Um, and so she sold the house to mm-hmm. Antonia. And uh, it was an old house. It was like 40 year old house. So of course, it needed to be remodeled. Her da- dad is a contractor and did it all by hand. And she came in the house and she said, Dad, did you take down something called a pocket door? And he was like, yeah, babe, we had it. We're taking out the wall. We got to take the door down. It's one of those doors that like slides into the yeah. wall. And um, and she was like, OK. And she was like, do you know what the guy's name that lived here? No, but they called the daughter and found out. Yep. Ernesto. So That's Ernesto crazy. was telling this medium that he was mad about that. So then they told her, you got to go in the house and say, Ernesto, I'm sorry. We live here now. Like, whatever. So there's that. And um, and that happened during the time. And then when I started saying there, I was like, there's a lot of settling that goes on in this house. And then that, she, what do you mean settling? You know, like. When a house settles, you hear oh, like bumps like in the settle. night. Right? Yeah. And I freak myself out. If I'm by myself, I am the person. I used to be way worse. Now I'm better. But I used to just terrify myself. Yeah. To the point of like no return. Yeah. All the lights are on in the house. Most TVs are on. Walking around, checking corners, checking closets, like constantly. It's a struggle. Um, I'm not that bad anymore, but I'll definitely give myself a spook and she was out of town filming a show i was super tired because i was working on obi-wan i was doing really long days i'd come home and just pass out and then i would hear footsteps and i'd be like oh antonia's home no wait antonia's not here right now is somebody in the house so i get up no one's in the house okay go back to bed mr bean the dog would hear the footsteps and start barking and go bark and he, he barks at this one corner there's this window in the and I was like somebody's either outside or there's an animal out there like can't figure it out okay whatever the next day my friend Deb comes over with her dog Benji Benji goes to that corner and starts barking in that corner I'm like there are rats in the house like what is happening yeah um other dogs have come over and if you sit in that corner they will growl and bark at you until you move like they see something that's not going that's going on um and that's what freaks me out the most is the dogs uh one of the, the her mom's dog Bella will come over and sit in the doorway looking into her room wagging her tail and looking back and forth like she's like someone's walking by or like someone's playing with her and it's like there's nothing there bizarre um, it's really bizarre so there's those things sometimes I wake up in the night and there is a divot in my mattress that's not always there what? like some like like an like, old mattress or something. And yep. I, I wake up because I'm uncomfortable. It's a very firm mattress, which I love. But I'll be uncomfortable and feel like I'm kind of like in a canyon. And I'll roll over to the other side. And I've you know woken up enough times to feel it. And it's definitely a divot in the mattress, which goes away. Wow. And it only happens like once every couple months. So it's not like it's like worn. Yeah, it's, it's just weird things like that. So, so anyways, this media, did this medium come to her house? Not recently. That was 10 years ago. So now... um she has been feeling like there's more activity and I've definitely heard a lot more stuff going on. I don't, I'm not scared of it. It doesn't feel like dangerous or whatever. Um, but last night we were telling Dustin about it and Dustin is obsessed with like ghost hunter shows or whatever. 
And then he's a chiropractor and he was looking at she hurt her finger and like had this neck thing. He's like, oh, let me check it because he's about to leave town for eight weeks. So she goes in the house and she's sitting there and I'm recording it because I'm making fun of them. And all of a sudden it's like all of these little like light things are going. I'll show you the video. It's it's like could be nothing, but it's could also be something. And it's like orbs going up and down and across and like showing up in the corner. And I'm not saying anything because I'm just watching it. And then as he goes to adjust her and starts like messing with her neck, neck it gets heavier and heavier. There's like activity. Wow. So then at, after they're done, I'm like, just watch this. And she's like, oh, my God, what do you think? And I was, she's like, maybe it's just dust. You had your flash on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, try another camera. So we get another camera. We record Dustin. Nothing. Antonio walks in, sits down. He touches her neck everywhere. Wow. So now <laughs> we're like, what's going on? So then Janet gets her phone, which is another type of phone, an Android. And we're all recording from like different parts of the room. While Antonio. And was it doing it we're on We're like, stand up, too? sit down, go. Yeah. Only to Antonia, though. So now she's like, great. You guys are at my funeral next week. When right. you're gonna be Look like, at these orbs. She's dead by orbs. Stopped, stopped whatever's happening. I was like, she's like, what if these are like angels coming in to like protect me to lead me through the tunnel? And oh I'm my like, God. shut up. So yeah, we just told her that she has um, spiritual lice on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she needs a good medium. I know one. Okay, yes, actually. Because we were talking about it. She was like, I need to. We need to probably just like do a cleansing of the house or something. Yes, but it up. doesn't always work. I don't think. Yeah, the medium that came to this house hmm. and told me about the the ghosts we have said yeah. he's telling me he's not leaving. Right, he's not going to leave. I mean, I kind of feel like if it's Ernesto, he's also not leaving. Yeah, not leaving. Yeah, but I guess what she said was she was able to tell Max like some rules. Right. You know, you can't, yeah. no bedroom, no bathroom. Well, and that's what this other woman had told her. She's like, you need to say like, this is my time limit at night. You need to let me sleep. Yeah. She wakes up a lot. And, um, they, the medium said like those, they're waking you up. They want your time. Mm. So is she a portal? I feel like she's got to be a portal of something. Maybe she's a medium herself. Yeah. Is that, I had a lady tell me that I was a medium yeah. and that I just decided as a child it was too scary. Yeah. But that they come in and wake me up at night. That's why right. I don't sleep well. She yeah, they want to the come talk thing. to you. I mean, she is one of those people that, and I would say you're one of those people too, that everyone wants to tell something. Like gravitate, gravitate to and then like, yeah, you feel safe mm -hmm. to tell your life story too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Just Antonia has a lot of dead people <laughs> to tell their story to. Well, maybe yeah. I have orbs I don't know about. Yeah. Well, we'll try this. Now. We'll get Dustin over here. You know what she told me, the, the the lady? She said, you need to say a prayer of protection every night mm, Yeah, and tell him to leave you alone. And yeah. I said, well, I, I say the Lord's Prayer. And she right. said, that's the most powerful prayer you yeah. can say, not because of what the prayer says, but right. because it's the most spoken prayer in the world. Mm. Interesting. So you're drawing protection from everyone else who spoke it that day. Interesting. So nice. just say the Lord's just like, keep doing that every and night. And also if you're like good at if, if that keeps you in the practice. Yeah. Yeah. I say it every night. Yeah. Every well, night. We'll see. I'll uh I'll let you know how that goes. With, but yeah, give me your medium information because I will. She yeah. was really impressive. She yeah. told me you know the story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She told yeah. me so much stuff. There's no way she could have known. Right. Um, yeah, she was really great. She came highly recommended. Yeah, good. That's exactly what we need over at the uh, compound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come check it out. A friend of mine lost her mother, and I didn't know this, had gone to see the same medium mm. I saw, and that 
she knew everything about her mother. Right. And her mother wasn't in the room with her, but her mother's sister was. And she never even brought up her mother's sister or that she yeah. had passed or anything. She was like, this is your aunt. And she was, my friend was like, whoa. What? Your yeah. mother wants to tell you these things, but your mother is not here. Yeah. She's not here. That's amazing. Where is she then? She she at the DMV. Yeah. I mean, what's she right. doing? Yeah. What she is got she something doing? else going on. Yeah. Yeah. Full dance card up she there now. She's busy over there. She had the plumber coming. Did you grow up religious? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up Baptist. Oh, me too. Um, Southern, good old Southern girls. Yeah. 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 No, you were were you Southern Baptist or just Baptist? Pretty. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, no. I mean, New Mexico is a little Southwestern Baptist. Southwestern Baptist <laughs> for sure. But depending on where you go. When we would go back home to Roy, New Mexico, which is where both sides of my family homesteaded, um, you know, most of those, you know, it was basically whatever the pastor decided. But uh, most of those pastors come up from Texas or Oklahoma. Mm. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do you learn anything from that? Yeah. I mean, I think that I learned morals and I learned how to treat other people. And I take those things with me. I also learned a lot of guilt, which maybe... (laughs) I have a lot of I like apply a lot of guilt to myself often uh-huh. and I uh, often wonder where that comes from. But it's probably there. Yeah, probably. I went to a Baptist um, preschool. Oh, yeah. And we so, yeah, there were a lot of I mean, a lot of beautiful things about family and um, obviously practice mm-hmm. going to something and doing we did Bible study and Bible camp and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I always felt really good about it until uh, there was some moment where my mom was driving me home from school and I was crying and she said, what's going on? And I said, you're going to go to hell. And she said, what? And I like, you're listening to the radio. And it was like, you know, we couldn't listen in my mind. What I had been taught was that I couldn't listen to anything that wasn't Christian music or gospel Uh and, you know, very strict rules. Yeah. My mom was like, okay, maybe it's time we're going to public school now. So, you know, I think I, I think what they wanted me to learn was practice and, um, and like I said, morals and right and wrong and, um, and to study that. And we didn't go, we went to church a lot when I was really young and then we went less and less in town. And then when we would go home for like holidays, we would go to that church in Roy where my grandma goes and my aunt goes. And and it was a really beautiful, you know, I learned about community there too, mm-hmm. because in those small towns, especially the community is so important. Mm-hmm. And my great grandma played the piano and my, my other grandma, my other great grandma, actually I knew two great grandmas, think which very lucky uh, taught Sunday school. And um, my other grandma did like the baking and my other grandma did the fundraising and, it was just, you know, a lot of that. And everyone would come in, go to church. There would be a huge potluck. They called it dinner, supper, whatever, afterward. Um, and that's how people got together and had community. Yeah. Besides school. Yeah. But that's a huge factor there, especially in a small town. Yeah. Because people are coming from way out in the boonies. When we stay in the ranch, it's like a 40-minute trip into town on a very bumpy dirt road. So right. you only did that once a week. <laughs> yeah, right. Only once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was my experience of church too. Yeah. My biggest takeaway was community. Yeah. And ca- uh, caring community. Sure, Someone yeah. who cared for you, who showed up. Yeah. People you weren't related to who would show up for you. Right. Um, definitely wasn't perfect. My Southern Baptist experience. Yeah. I had a lot of like, huh, that doesn't add up. Right. 
you can't make water and wine. Yeah. You can't do that. I That's had a lot not of questions as well that were like, no, 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 you can't ask questions. And no. I'd be like, but why not? And a lot and a lot of like, you're going to go to hell if you do certain yeah, things. Yeah, I had and, a lot of hellfire and brimstone and yeah. God is a God of wrath and right. judgment. And, right. and I, as an adult, I was like, wait a minute, I don't believe any I don't of that. I think that adds up for me, but okay. Yeah, we just... It was actually comical. We had a, a preacher that they hired for my grandmother's funeral and she wanted somebody um, that would just tell a couple like these stories that she had picked. And, you know, she kind of told us what she wanted. And this guy got up there and he did that. But then he went off and my uncle had to cut him off. And it was like he got really political and really oh hell and brimstone. And we're like standing out and the whole everyone there is like, oh, God. And my mom's like, he said he wouldn't do this. And my uncle just like starts stepping closer and clo- my uncle's a big guy. He played for the Dallas Cowboys, like huge football oh, wow. player. So he's just stepping closer and closer and closer to him. And finally, just okay just takes the okay, microphone away that's it that's not enough. the place or not the place oh my god <laughs> yeah they do get off on some tangents so they did your preachers yell yeah i mean some of them some of them were super nice the ones i remember growing up with were local uh people that still live in that community those that are alive still and um they weren't like that but the later on they had a couple like, i think the way that it works in a small town like that is you the town agrees or the parish whatever you call it agrees to pay the parishioner that whatever the salary is plus give them room and board mm-hmm. and so once you hire someone you're kind of stuck with them for a while because you can't like kick them out yeah so yeah there were a couple in the Missteps. more recent years that were pretty intense that yeah. I'd be like oh my god this is so scary for little kids <laughs> my 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 preacher yelled yeah Darnell Oh, Darnell Teal. Yeah. He was the yeller. Yeah. But I really enjoyed his sermons because I would think, look how passionate he is about right. what he's saying. Yeah. He, he really believes it. hundred percent. Yeah. And then it would make me believe it right. because he believed it with such conviction. Right. And with just complete trust. Right. That what he was saying was absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I loved watching him preach. And I always keep saying... When we go back there, I want to take my girls to to see him. Yeah, I don't know if I think he's he maybe retired. Right. Um, but I wish I, I wish I had taken them just to see because I don't think they understand. They would right. never. I mean, there's there's no reason why they would ever understand what I would talk about. Right. Right. With this intense, yeah, it's, a, it's a unique experience for it's, sure. And it's I intense. I would always wonder how to get to that level of believing that you would that that this preacher would be standing there, so sure. Mm-hmm. in his conviction um yeah i was never that sure but yeah. i became you know what's really funny is i find myself as i get older um relying on a lot of what he mm. preached yeah not not the guilt part sure the good part the right. good love thy neighbor part right um because there was a lot of positive in the yelling yeah absolutely if you were paying attention you got really what you needed yeah and i talked to my girls a lot i'll start quoting the bible and they're like oh my god (laughs) mom but you know i wonder too almost nobody goes to church regularly anymore it feels like i don't know i don't think especially here no not yeah i know people back home that are mostly catholic religion that do that go religiously they go to mass and they go to the wednesday night and they Mm -hmm. do the thing well um my dad does he does. My dad goes every Sunday. My dad goes yeah. every Sunday too. Yeah. My dad goes every Sunday. But my dad goes to 
Well, does he go every day? Yeah, he goes every Sunday. I don't know where he goes. Maybe he goes to Corinth. But there's one church, the church that Bert and I got married in, um, is very old. It's one room. Mm-hmm. That's um, the Roy Church like that. My parents got married there as well. Yeah? Yeah. As a sweet little church. But they have service there one Sunday a month, and they have a visiting preacher. So it's okay. a different preacher. So it's not like a regular church. All the time. Yeah, that's nice. Um and my Aunt Jerry used to play the piano, but she just passed away recently. So I don't know who plays the piano now, but that's his favorite church because right. it's kind of like, I don't know, it's something new every time you go. Yeah, that's nice. It's a different person preaching, but the same group of family members go. Yeah. yeah. Have you explored other religions? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, my mom, when I moved to Atlanta with her, joined um, the Maharishi Mahishi Yogi. Oh, really? Yeah people yeah. um she called it the center yeah i don't know what their real religion or whatever is called right. is transcendental meditation sure yeah but there was a lot of, more than just meditating that yeah. happened at the center and i did that with her yeah um i didn't like it right. but i did it um but i haven't really studied sure or yeah dove into anything else from what i understand about judaism i like their religion yeah um I, I don't understand the uh, orthodox right. pieces of it. Like, sure. I don't understand why you have to keep dairy separate. Right. Why? Right. I don't understand why you have to wear a wig. And it's been explained right. to me. Right. But it's the same. I have the same problem with that as I do with like every animal in twos on an ark for 40 days. Right. Go, really? Right. Is that really? Right. You really can't show your scalp? Really? Right. Like, right. come on. I, I don't right. know. I don't know if that's, I, I can't yeah. get into that. Yeah. Um, because I don't think God is that restrictive. Well, I think that we get into trouble when we take a human interpretation of God or whatever you want to call the universe or the energy and the light. You know, if you read the Bible or the Quran or whatever you read, it's it's a person's interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think we forget about that a lot. And so then we get really stuck on the rules. Mm hmm which people do with everything mm-hmm. uh, instead of the overall idea. Yeah. I mean, my religion had a ton of rules. Yeah. No drinking. Right. Absolutely a sin. Right. Well, if that's Christian and Catholicism is Christian, they sure as hell drink. Right. So I don't understand. Right. It's the interpretation. Right. So just like Orthodox Jews have certain rules, so right. do Southern Baptists. Right. I didn't get those either. Yeah. I don't think, I thought God, you know, the, the term God is limitless. Mm has to apply to everything. Right. So why wouldn't it apply to like drinking alcohol if you feel like it? Right. It's not illegal. Right. We have a society have agreed that you can do it. Right. So I don't know. That was where I tripped up a bit. Was, have you ever had like a spiritual experience that you felt like this is what religion is or this is what? Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah. I, I feel like a connection with God um, doesn't need a church. Right. That happens to me all the time. And I feel like if you're paying attention, then you're guided through life by whatever you want to call it. Spirit, higher self, God. I call it God. Tap into that when you need to. Yes. It's when things are effortless. Right. Even the hard things, when they're effortless, then you're on the right path. Right. And that's a spiritual experience. Yeah. For sure. Have you? Yeah. I, I always liken it to my first memory of a spiritual experience, which was actually at the Baptist uh, preschool. And it was on, I don't know if it was graduation or it was like 
some big event where all the families were there and they did this was a very Baptist thing to do but they were just like if you feel moved by the spirit like mm. come forward and uh -huh. they played there was like cute little ladies playing music and um, I just remember I think her name was Mrs. Graham um, but I felt very moved I couldn't have been, I must have been five like very little kid Aww. and I ran up to the front and she put her arms around me and I just like another one of my friends was there um, who was it Nicole, who recently um, upearthed a photo of this night of us in like the, we had a weird little animal outfits on. Who knows? Or maybe we were doing Noah's Ark probably. Um, and I just remember feeling this intense joy. Aww. And she was like, remember this feeling in your heart forever. And that hit me so intensely. And the next time I really remember feeling that was in a yoga practice. Oh, really? And I, it was like I I suddenly got this like extreme high and it was like this live music and all the right elements. And I remember having this feeling and immediately having that memory mm. and being like, oh, this is the same feeling that I had. And I'm sure I felt it other times, but that like tied it together for me. That's and so now cool. I recognize it in regular daily life. Right. Now yeah. you can see it. Yeah. Well, I started something in our family called spiritual moments. Yeah. And my kids make fun of it massively. They do now, but they probably. I think they'll appreciate yeah. it later. So when we have a moment where I go, this is a very special moment. I'll make everybody stop and hold hands oh. and have a spiritual moment. Yeah. And say thank you or say what they feel. Yeah. And my kids hate it. But Bert and I love it because you mark the moment. And yeah. it's a moment of saying thank you. You know, gratitude for this moment, for whatever it was. We've done it on every big trip. Like when right. we went to Bali that one year, we had so many spiritual moments because you look out at this place that is so foreign mm. and you think, how lucky am I to be able to experience this? Right. And how right. lucky are you as a teenager to be able to experience this? And you should Absolutely. mark that yeah. with some gratitude right, and reverence. They're going to catch themselves doing it. They probably already do. <laughs> when I you're not it. around and I be like this is doubt it. oh shoot I'm doing it she got me I doubt here's it. the greatest thing that I'm sure you've heard this before but someone told me I think Tate's mom told me this the best saying which is if it's not one thing it's your mother and <laughs> it applies to everything right all those moments where you're like oh I thought I was not turning into my mom but I totally am <laughs> or I'm not great moments I'm no. not turning yeah, into my mother no. No. I always say that I'm I've tried, and this is actually a line from a TV show, but I've tried so hard not to turn to my mother that I've turned to my father, which is very real. And my mom <laughs> says that to me all the time. She's like, oh, my God, you're just like your dad. But I catch myself often doing things like Sandy. I wonder I wonder who I turned into because I'm not my mom. My mom's very. You have some similarities no, to your well, dad, for sure. I do. Or observed. You think so? Yeah. The the morning of uh what was it Saturday or Saturday morning uh huh we were in the gym and your dad was up and like beelining to a task in the yard and like started that task and did it and Bert turned to us I can't remember who else was in the gym and he was just like I see where Leanne gets it and I was like what and he was like he's up he's dressed he's had his coffee and he d then he starts the day and he does not stop and I'm like yeah that's totally yeah, what that's she pretty does much, yeah that's, yeah yeah that's pretty much me that is not my mother. Yeah, for sure. My mother was never like that. She was hardworking, but not like that. Right. She she definitely gave herself lots of rest time. Yeah. She yeah. did a lot of self-care. A lot of self-care. Uh-huh. Um, and my dad does almost none. <laughs> right. The exact opposite. <laughs> exactly. He's like, yeah. too much to do. Too much to let's do. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So I guess I, yeah, I guess maybe I've turned a little bit into my dad, but not really. I think. Um, yeah, I caught that one moment of him in the hammock. I was like, this is a rare moment, I bet. Yeah. 
he's checking out for a minute. That yeah. was a great picture. Thank you for sending yeah. that to yeah, me. Yeah, it was cute. He's so sweet. I was so he glad is. to have him here. Awesome. I missed him a lot. I hadn't seen him in, since October. Oh, yeah. It was a long time for me. Do you see your parents often? Not as often as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get to see them. I was back in New Mexico for work, so... I actually definitely didn't see them as much as I wanted to on that, but I did see them (laughs) and uh, that was nice. And then I was, I was home during COVID for a little bit, yeah, which was good. And before that, I mean, working in the film industry, it's very easy to be like next year, I'll do holidays next year or I'll do whatever. Yeah. And I did that for a really long time. And so now I'm starting to realize hopefully in time that I need to spend more time with them before it's too late. Right. Yeah, do things. So we're trying to figure out. We had some pretty big trips planned before COVID. So now we got to figure out when we'll reinstate those. That'd be good. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, I feel like my parents worked their whole lives so that when they retired, they could travel and do things. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened and it was like, oh, man, Ah, (laughs) now they're trapped in a house together. Right. (laughs) Uh, So now it's time to get out there. Move on. Do things. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you about I the Grace. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. So Lacey invited me to a movie premiere tonight. Yep. Right. Jurassic Jurassic World. World. Dominion. And I can't go. I have so much to do. So then you ask if I could go. So I go upstairs and I said, so um, Lacey wants to know if you want to go to to Jurassic Park premiere. And she was like, what? I couldn't remember if she liked Jurassic Park or hated it. She hates it. And now I remember that she hated it. She (laughs) hates it. You know what she hates? Is that little dinosaur that goes? And it's definitely and in this one because there's on pictures of oh, it. Oh, I know. Yeah. She's already seen the preview. Yeah. We went to see Downton Abbey the other day, and she hid for the whole. She's gonna be for the whole hiding the whole time. So I, she said, "This is what she did." I said, "So Lacey wanted to know if you wanted to be her date," and she goes, "She did not." I said, "She did. She did." And she said, "Well, well, I, I wasn't her first choice." And I said, "Well, no, I was her first choice, but um." I can't go. I have too much to do. Yeah. She's like, well, then she asked Georgia. I said, no, she didn't. No. She was like, she didn't ask Georgia? I said, no. She said, I don't believe you. I was like, would you like to see her tech, my text message to yeah. her? So I showed it to her. Oh, my God. <laughs> you would have thought, like, I, I don't even know who. Um, name a superstar, a right. female superstar, came down and asked her to go do something with her. She was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Can I do it? Can I, can, can I, I make it through, through now the dinosaurs? Now she's going like, to have to make it through dinosaurs. <laughs> I was like, oh no, now she feels pressured to dinosaur. I know. I was like, you just got invited to a movie premiere of one of the biggest movies ever. Yeah. And it'll be cool. I went to the original, the premiere for the last one and it was the coolest premiere I've ever been to. It was like, yeah, I don't know if COVID will make this one differently, but, or different, but Universal definitely, it's a big franchise for them. So yeah, yeah. it, it was make it fun. the coolest after party I've ever seen. There were like dinosaurs coming out of things and which I'm like, oh no, I hope that it's not scary because <laughs> Isla's going to be one of those little guys. Um, but she's like, I'm not going to sleep for a week, but it's worth it. It's going to be great. It's worth it. It's going to be great. We're going to sit in Bryce Dallas Howard's section. So she'll Aww. probably get to meet her. Oh, maybe she'll get to meet Chris Pratt. Who oh knows? my yeah. God. She will die. And then Sandy was like, oh, I got my hair done. I'm going to a premiere Monday. I was like, wait, which premiere? And she was like Jurassic. And I was like, me too. So the Hayslips will be there as well. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, uh, she's excited because, you know, Bryce um, wrote an article about being dyslexic. Yeah. A long, long time ago. Yeah. 
I mean, I was in elementary school, yeah. so many years ago, and I read it to her, and I was like, you know, that is, it's the girl from The Help. Yep. Um, it's the girl from Jurassic. It's it's the woman woman yeah. from yeah. these movies, and look how successful she is. She has the same issue you have. Yeah. So we've talked about her. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. That's exciting. Yeah. So I said to her, remember, she's the woman. If you meet her, yeah. you don't have to say anything to her. I just want you to know yeah. that she's the person who wrote the article about being dyslexic. Yeah. And about how her parents recognized that she learned differently. And her parents put her in a very different school and she just thrived. Yeah. So she's one of the most creative, artistic, like amazing, kindest people. Too. She seems like a very and she's nice super person. successful yeah. and goes after her. You know, she's a great businesswoman and mm -hmm. does it super savvy. Yeah, it'll be good. A good one for Isla to watch. Yeah, it will oh, be. Good. That makes me excited. That'll yeah. Cool. So really she cool. was ear to ear grinning like you would not believe she's okay, so good. excited she knows what she's wearing we'll see I'm if she's so actually wearing that i'm so excited so thank she's you going. for taking her of course thank i was you. just like this is it's a fun experience mm -hmm. um of course it'd be super fun if you went you know some of the people going as well so it'd be a fun outing but i think seeing it through somebody's eyes as well that's like hasn't seen a lot of that is really cool yeah it is yeah. cool it yeah. is cool. So thank you for doing yeah. that. I'm so excited. She's going to be terrified. She, she might not sleep tonight. She may be in your coat. 100%. <laughs> I remember my first time seeing the original Jurassic. I was probably a little younger than her, but it was my first experience with real like, you know, that thriller suspense. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a lot of people's first experience with that type of sound. I don't remember. I don't mm -hmm. know if it was like the original movie that used sound in that way or if they just updated theaters, but I know it was a like landmark moment in film history with mm -hmm. that dinosaur walking in the little droplet of the glass and that type of just terror mm -hmm. i remember going home and feeling like dinosaurs were gonna jump out of everything that's and crazy. that was so fun i remember seeing it in the movie theater and someone brought like their three-year-old oh god and that poor child screamed that poor the child whole is in a lot of therapy now. right <laughs> i kept going this is not age appropriate. This I'm like 20 something or even no I was way. like, this is not age appropriate. This yeah. poor child yeah. just screamed the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I know Bryce and I had talked about it, like just at what point do your kids want to watch it? At what point do you show your kids this terrifying movie? And also like a senior mom in it be terrified is even scarier. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they've watched it yet, but um, no, Isla's the perfect age. She is. And I'm hoping maybe she, because I stupidly showed them Jurassic Park probably too early too. Yeah. But it was in my house. It right. doesn't sound like what you're talking about. Right. It sounds a little less intense. Sure, of course. On the TV. Yeah. And I was like, such a great story. So much humor. Right. Not really thinking. It's a fun adventure. It is so fun. Oh, I loved it when I was a kid. Like I, it yeah. got me excited about the movies. Yeah. yeah. It was a great movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did. It kind of backfired. And it was, it was not, it was not um, T-Rex. It was not the Velociraptor. The it was the little spitter. Which is really the funny. <laughs> that one doesn't scare me at all. It's no, right. It's the T-Rex. Yeah, it's right. So T-Rex and the Velociraptor is the scariest one to me. Yeah. They just rip you apart. And, and it's they so hunt fast. you. Yeah. Um, that one scares They're me. smart. And super smart. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Isla's like, is the spitter. <laughs> that's, that's, she was done at the spitter. That guy spit. And I she's literally like, can't out. wait to walk through the thing where they're for sure going to have one jump out at her. <laughs> she's going to shit her pants. I'm going to like Poor do a quick thing. bathroom break to go check where that is. <laughs> Bless her heart. Make she sure is I'm super recording. excited though. Oh, good. I'm so excited. I hope you have fun. Yeah, we're going to have a blast. 
Oh. Yeah, it'll be cool. These, um, you know, they do they do premieres, and I think it's like so old school. Um, and also with streaming, maybe there was a fear that it wasn't going to come back. But it's really so much fun, and kind of what it is the it really builds on the experience to go to the movies mm-hmm. right and experience it with the sound and see a giant screen and fully immerse yourself in something and be with and, a group yeah and a group of people that love film and people that made it mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun because there'll be people cheering in the audience and screaming when they see their name on the thing and yeah it's just it's really cool that is really it's a unique cool. experience and i haven't been one been to one at the the chinese theater I've seen movies there mm-hmm. and I've been to screenings there, but I've never been to a premiere there. That's so that's crazy. really exciting. Yeah. I know. I was like, I let you have to walk the red carpet. There's a red carpet. She goes, shut up. You know, her standard shut up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that makes me so excited. She's going to be a blast. She is going to be a blast. The best date. Yeah. Thank you for taking her. Yeah. I'm so excited. So before we wrap up, uh, I think I've said this before, but um, I I can't tell you how, important you are to our daughters you know you're such an amazing role model just being who you are gonna make me cry just who (laughs) you are you just show up as an authentic kind giving caring uh positive thank you you can do anything cheerleader and i can't tell you how important it is for young women to have women who do that for them absolutely um I mean, Bert and I talk about you all the time about how grateful we are that our girls that we're grateful we have. You guys FaceTimed me one time and I was like so overwhelmed with like <laughs> the so love. much love that they just gave me. Like I don't even know what to do. Well, yeah. we love you, Bert and I, but that's different. Yeah. It's very, very different. Right. That you you have no idea. I bet we don't have any idea what you're inviting Isla tonight has meant to Isla. Really. I hope so. Because she always thinks everybody chooses Georgia first. Right. right. And that's okay. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Right. But her perspective is they always do. Right. So that you asked her without asking her sister, I think was a really big deal. Well, it's also like I have such a diff I have a deep connection with both of them, I feel like. You do. But a very different one. They're totally you know what I mean. Well, totally different and, kids. And uh what I'm see. I mean, uh, Georgia, and I told her that this weekend is just like she is such a leader, uh-huh. and she is such this force, mm-hmm. and just where Isla has come in the last like year, however long it's been, two years since I've known her, is so incredible, and she's so cool. Yeah, like we were saying that the other day when she got her haircut, like she is just the coolest, and they're so uniquely individual, mm-hmm. and Isla's just coming into that whatever it is that she is. I think she's really coming back to herself. I think the mm. pandemic did a really bad number on her. Yeah. I think the pandemic and she has always marched to the beat of her own drum. Yeah. And ha- was never aware of that until middle school. Mm. And the people that were marching with her made big changes. Right. And then thought her drum was lame. Right. And it, it was very. Um, it's a rough time. Yeah, it was, it really hurt her. Yeah. Because um, the person that was most important to her was one that were like, this is lame. Right. And so she, she really just didn't know where to go. Right. And it took her till recently to figure out, oh, well, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, I don't really care. This is okay, you know. And um, 
especially to see that person thrive. Right. So they must be right. Right. Because they're thriving. But the, you, you don't know that one has nothing to do with the other. Right. They really are not related. Yeah. But you don't know that. Everyone can thrive. It's not Everybody one can thrive. Right. And, and just because you don't jam to the same music they jam to doesn't make your music bad. Right. Makes your music yours. Right. And so I think she's finally figuring that out. I've been dying. I was saying this to my dad. I was like, I wish I could just give my kids just this little wisdom. I don't need them to have my experiences. Just a little bit of my wisdom to know that who you are is absolutely perfect. Right. You don't have to change for anybody except yourself. Right. If you want to change for yourself. Right. You are a perfect example of that to them. Because you. you just are authentically who you are. Thank very you. comfortable in your skin. Very successful at what you do. Um, take no prisoners with friendships, with jobs, with you're just in it. Yeah. All the way. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much. For- well, I'm super grateful. And I've said this to you guys too, just for the amount of like emoting that you guys do in the <laughs> show. We? I'm like, I can't even take it. Um, We're I'm not, over emoters. <laughs> I'm not good at taking compliments. So it's like really uncomfortable for me. But you guys have just been such an amazing family of just everybody is and group of friends and and all of it. I mean, I don't think I think I felt really lost. You know, I mean, I think a lot of us did during the pandemic. Like now what? Mm-hmm. We were like losing everything. Our businesses are uh, at risk, like our relationships are at risk, our community that we had, we actually can't have right now. So it was mm-hmm. so challenging. And I was so, I actually isolated myself and I had isolated myself before the pandemic. Cause I was just like, work, 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 work. And, mm-hmm. um, I had chosen to do these two, God, I can't like stop. Sorry. sorry. Um, I, I <laughs> you have a premiere. You have a premiere. Uh, I have to go to the premiere. I can't <laughs> get, what do they say on Downton? <laughs> I have a bit watery. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that the timing of when we all came together was just so special for me because then all of a sudden it was like, boom, community. And you guys just do that. Here are so 16 well. people. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and we like, I mean, it, yeah, it's here's 16 people that have spent, I don't know how many years together, but are just the best of friends and appreciate each other for their flaws and like their amazing parts and everything and warts and all. Yeah. As they say. So amazing. And, you know, working with the girls gave me this purpose of like, okay, how do I figure out how to get them out of their shells that Mm -hmm. I see them in? Mm -hmm. How do they work together? And those things. And we saw it, you know, day one, I mean, fitness just kind of does that, Mm -hmm. but it was just like giggling and fun. And I had worked with youth before and that's probably the most rewarding world you can be in but also I had mentors like that this uh girl Christy Hartley who was a basketball player that I looked up to and just idolized her and um her team won the the division one I mean they were like a small school in New Mexico where my family is from but the whole team showed up for me I was a like super young I think I was in sixth grade and they invited me to come to their basketball camp with them. And they invited me to like come like watch them play. And they gave me this poem, which I'm actually going to give to George. I just didn't get it printed in time. That uh, was just about like uh, young people are always watching you. Mm-hmm. And what you do and what your, your choices are, are seen by other people that are looking at you for guidance. So mm-hmm. think about that when you're making decisions. Right, right. And so that just came full circle for me when they stepped into that gym and started doing stuff. Right. Crazy. Yeah. It's 
a magical experience for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. It is for all of us. Yeah. Uh, you were a gift. Thank, Thank you, Tom you. Thank you. So were you guys. <laughs> Tom just gave us a gift. Such a gift. I mean, we were sitting at the graduation the other night and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I know yeah. it is crazy. Stephen kept being like, I don't know what you're going to say. And I was like, Stephen by the that? time it gets to me, because you were going around oh, the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, people were saying great things. So, so magical. It was. I love you guys. We love you too. Thank you so much for being a part of our yeah. lives. Thank you for having me. Yes. Always have a huge you. part of my life, too. You can't yeah. get rid of us now. Nope. It's happening. <laughs> Sorry. It's on. It's on. <laughs> it's too much fun. Okay, well, we got to yeah. get you to this premiere. The premiere is coming. We have to go. I know. You have to go to we the house. We're going to see what she's wearing. Get a ride. Thank uh, you, Lacey. Thank you. Thank you.